But in Luke 7, in chapter, uh, chapter 7, and verse 36, if you want to follow along on the screen or in your Bibles today, it said that one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, Now if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. Can I just tell you right now, Jesus knew, and it didn't bother him. No matter what she had done, her touching him wasn't going to affect him or hurt him, but it's going to change her life forever. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, the man who owned the house, he had invited Jesus over. He said, I've got something to say unto you. And he said, Master, say on. Well, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Simon answered, I said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most... And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And I love verse 44 because this woman, it starts out that she comes in behind him. And she's at the lowest point she can be at his feet. And she's just slipping in behind him. But, you know, when we're bringing our sin to the Lord, that's where it goes behind his back. But when the Lord's going to deal with you, he'll always turn and look at you. And immediately her location was different. She went from being behind him to being in front of him. The Lord loves you, but he loves you too much to leave you in the condition that you come to him. She was behind him, and all it took was him turning, and now she's in front of him. But I tell you, I love it. I love how God so easy can change where we are. And so he, he turned to the woman and he said, Simon, you see this woman, I entered into your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman since I came in has not ceased to kiss my feet and my head with oil you did not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. So wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. I want you to get that picture of him facing her, talking directly to her. And then I think of the scripture that he cast our sins behind his back. And they that said it, meet with him, said, Who is this that forgives sin also? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved thee. Go in peace. I want to preach for just a few minutes. I, I know I've preached on this love of God with, even within the last month, but I felt the Lord leading me to this today, that we are not unlovable. We are not unlovable. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you today and thank you for your goodness and mercy. 
for the love that we feel in this house today. Lord, we praise you for all that you do and all that you are. And Lord, today, just touch our hearts with that love and mercy again. Remind us, Lord, of who we are to you and who you are to us. And God, just let us be better today. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. If you're thankful for the love of God today, just give him a hand clap of praise. Give him a, give him a little sacrifice from your lips today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are not, and we are not unlovable. Oh, we always think it's what we are that makes us somebody, but when it came to the Lord, it was what we were not that made us somebody. We are not unlovable, and we were not unlovable, and God is able to make of us something beautiful. God, the Bible says he'll give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Man, his exchange program is great. So, you know, we, you know, when you take something to him for a trade-in, you're always trading up. You can believe that. And, and, and so when we, we think many times about what we are not, that we, well, we're not good, we're not worthy, we're, we're not perfect, we're not this, but at the top of what you are not, is unlovable. So when you start listing your shortcomings, just remember, you are not unlovable. Hello. And friend, that love of God covers a multitude of sin. And I'm thankful today that the love of God never fails. And that that when he uh, gave his life for us on Calvary, it made a difference. But I think about this woman today. Everybody in the city knew who she was. The Lord even said in verse 47, her sins, which are many. You know, he even knew more than what everybody else thought they knew. They just thought they knew her, but they, and they had already made a judgment call on her. But the Lord knew all about her. And he said, her sins, which are many, they're forgiven. They're, it's over with. What a beautiful picture of the love of God that he has for us right here. And many times we think, well, this focus of this uh, is about the love that the woman had for Jesus, but we know the Scripture tells us in 1 John that we love him because he first loved us. She thought she was going to sneak in, come in behind him. and You know, we do that. We want to sneak up on the Lord. A woman with the issue of blood... She said, I'm going to come in behind the press. Just, I'm just going to touch the hem of his garment, and I'm going to back on out of here. But before she could move, he said, who touched me? Yeah. <laughs> or he knew who it was. He said, let's see if she'll stand up and say it was me. He knew who touched her. And, and that's the way we do sometimes. We're, we're either, we feel like we're in such bad shape or our life is in such a mess that, that we can't come to him face to face. But, but even coming in behind him, she was being honest. She knew that she needed him. She knew that she had to have what he could offer. And, and so she came in at the most humble place she could on, on, at his feet and, and, and at his feet uh, kissing his feet. Now, washing feet's one thing. Kissing feet, that's a whole nother. But she said, whatever it takes. Oh, if we could ever get to a place where we would say, whatever it takes. 
I'm I'm going to come crawling into a place where I know nobody likes me. I'm going to come into a place where I know everybody knows all about me. You know, most time we come into the church, nobody even really knows what's going on in our life. But she knew everybody in the city knows who I am. Everybody in the city knows about the things I've done, but I don't care because I've got to get to Jesus. And maybe she thought, uh, he, I'm, so, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just taking a chance. Uh, maybe he don't even care about me. He might kick me and say, get off my feet. I don't know what he might do, but I'm going to take a chance that he just might love me. Well, let me tell you, if you ever roll the dice on that and take a chance on whether or not Jesus loves you, let me tell you, you're going to win every time because the Lord loves you. And he don't care what you've done or where you've been, but he loves you anyway. But he loves you too much to leave you in that mess. He sees your sacrifice. He sees your desire. He sees that humbleness inside of you and that, that's, that willingness to repent of where you've been and what you've done. And friend, let me tell you, he'll turn on a dime and change your location. He'll change you from behind him to in front of him. He'll look at you and talk to you and let you know, I love you. If there's one fact that we ever need to get straight in our life and for the rest of our lives, it's that God is love. Well, if he's love, God will not and cannot be anything but what his nature is. He said it in the scripture of himself, I am the Lord, I change not. His love is pure, it is perfect, and it's holy, and best of all, it's unconditional. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of things, but the greatest part about it is that it's unconditional. That I didn't have to be like him for him to love me. That's the thing about his love. His love gives. And it always gives outside of itself. He doesn't just love those that are like him. Because if that was the case, he wouldn't have had anybody to love. If he only loved people that was like him, there would be nobody to love. Because nobody was like him. Yeah, we're all unrighteous. There's none holy, no, not one. He knows we're all sinners. He knows that we're all. He concluded us all in unbelief so he could have mercy on us all. He knew who we were, what we had done, and, and, and that we were born into sin. That's why his, it's, it's only his love that can bring us that kind of salvation. Because his love gives outside of itself. John 3.16 backs that up. For God so loved the world. We know that the world was wicked. That the world was awful. That the world was dark. And that people loved uh, hiding in the dark. But he said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He took that wonderful and perfect love and he gave it to a dark and dying world. It doesn't make sense. That's senseless love. It doesn't seem right. But that's why I'm glad today that his ways are higher than our ways. That I don't need to lean on my own understanding, but I need to acknowledge him and trust him in all my ways. And so I need you to know today that you may feel like you're the worst of the worst or you've done the worst of the worst and you're in the worst place you could ever be. But I want to tell you something. You are not unlovable. And if we can ever get touched by the love of God, our life will be 
different. No matter where we've been or what we've done, if we can just get the love of God in our life, we can just receive that love. He already loves you. That doesn't mean everybody loves him. Or that everybody will even receive the love that he has. But you are not. So, so don't. I'm going I'm to save you from telling an untruth. Don't ever say, well, I'm just unlovable. <laughs> you may think that, but that's a lie. That's a lie of the enemy. He don't want you to know you're loved. That's a lie of your flesh. Your flesh doesn't want you to believe you're loved, but you are not unlovable. Your sins might be many. You say, well, pastor, I tell you, preacher, you don't really know all the things I've done, and you're right, but Jesus does. And he loves you anyway. It's what you are, not, which is unlovable, that gets you that great salvation. You're not unlovable. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, has quickened us together with Christ by grace. You are saved. You hear what I'm talking to you today? Can you hear what I'm saying? It doesn't matter where you are or what you've done. I know it says, didn't you just preach this a few weeks ago? I preached all around it. But somebody needs to know today. Somebody didn't get it the first time. Or there's somebody new here that needs to hear it today. And you need to get a revelation that you are not unlovable. You can put on a show and you can put on a mask and you can act like you fit in. But honey, you ain't got to try to pretend. Just let the love of God go to work in your life. Just let the love of God speak into your life and say, your sins, which are many, are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. And friend, just come on and join the body and be part of the believers. Be part of the bride. Come on, somebody. He loves you today. I don't care if you're sitting in this place today. Let me, let me say something shocking. What if there was somebody sitting in here today that's killed somebody? You mean the Lord loves a murderer? Yeah, he does. And you may have to pay the penalty for your breaking the law, but it won't stop God from loving you. Let me tell you, you could go to death row and they put you in an electric chair and you could open your eyes in glory if God has forgiven you for what you've done. Oh, man. Uh, so you can't even grab it, can you? But that's the kind of love that God has. He said, when you, he said the people that you think are unsavable, the people you think are unlovable, that, 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 that there's no way they're reachable, but God can reach anybody, and the love of God can change anybody. Come on, somebody. The blood of Jesus, it says, cleanses us from all sin, not just many sins, not just a good bit of sin, but from all sin. It'll take care of the worst of it. Oh, yeah, maybe that's why we come sneaking in sometimes because we don't want nobody to know uh, what we've done or where we've been and, and how we did it. But, friend, let me tell you, Jesus already knows. And you ain't got to come telling me everything you've done. You just got to talk to him. You don't have to tell me and make a list for me or, or, or write it all down for me. I don't care, and I don't want to know. I'm just here to tell you today that if you repent of your sins and you say, hey, I want to be washed in the blood, I'll baptize baptize you in Jesus name and when you come up you'll be white as snow in his eyes 
And he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost, uh, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Let me tell you, you'll be born again, walking in the newness of life, don't matter what your past looks like. Romans 5, Paul said, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And we think, well, the Lord will do it for people that are, that are good, but it said, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Or peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God, he commended his love toward us in this manner. While we were sinners, Woo, while we was high, while we was drunk, while we was lying, while we was stealing, while we was in jail, while we were fighting, while we were cussing. Come on, somebody. He said, I've seen it. I've, I've, heard, I've seen it all. I've heard it all. And while you were doing that, I died for you. I knew what you'd do, but I went anyway. I knew what I'd, have, I'd be going to the cross for. I'm going to fix people. I'm going to save people. I'm going to wash people. He knew and he knows and he loved us as sinners and he gave his life for us anyway. He gave his life for us anyway. And the scripture says, greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. He comes into our lives in the middle of our mess and says, hey, look, I love you. He shows up. When you're down and says, I love you. Woo, when you're lying or cheating and stealing, he's like, hey, hey, I love you. If we could hear what he would say in that dark place we've been, he, I love you. He knows, my friend, his love. You, hey, you can't make God not love you. I've said this before, and I believe it true as anything I've ever said. That there won't be a soul slip off into hell unloved. The Bible says it's not the Lord's will that any perish, but that all would come to repentance. Some's going to perish. There's going to be some not hear it, but it wasn't because he didn't love them. They're not going to go out here and be lost because Jesus didn't love them. They wouldn't receive the love. They wouldn't take that offer. They wouldn't take that wonderful gift of everlasting life. Friend, let me tell you, I don't want to be found in that state. Wouldn't it be sad? Maybe, you know, weeping and gnashing of teeth, the scripture says. A place of torment. I can think of one thought that would torment me most of all. I didn't have to be here. Because he loved me. I didn't have to be here. But I'm here not because God put me here. But because I would not receive what God had for me. I wouldn't let him love me. I wouldn't believe that I was worthy. And so I rejected his offering. I'm in here by myself on my own. This is what he went through. Isaiah 53, 3 and 5. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrow. Yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of God and afflicted but he was wounded for our transgression he was bruised for our iniquity the chastisement of our peace was on him and with his stripes we are healed that's what the prophet said 
in real time, Mark wrote this, Mark 15 through 20, 15, 15 through 20 said, And Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away into the hall called the Praetorium, and they called together the whole band. They clothed him with purple and planted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him on the head with a reed, and they did spit on him, and bowing their knees, they worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe from him, put on his own clothes, and led him out to crucify him. Oh, don't let that sacrifice be in vain. Come on, somebody. I don't want to forget the price that Jesus paid simply because he loved me. Paul said this, 1 Corinthians 2 and 2. I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. What are you talking about, Paul? He's saying when I preach this, I'm preaching the love that God has for this lost and dying world. I'm letting people know I don't care where you've been or how bad you've been, but God loves you and the love of God and the priceless blood of Jesus can wash you whiter than snow. There is a remedy for what ails you. There is something to help you and to heal you. There's something to get you back into God's good favor. He's a God of reconciliation and restoration. He is the Savior of the world. Come on, somebody. He receiveth sinners. He said, I came for them that are sick. I came to seek and save those that are lost. He sent his servants out into the highways and the byways and bring me the poor, the lame, and the blind to my feast. He loves us. He loves us filthy and stinking and no good. He loves us. You might not think you're worthy. That's all right. But you're not unlovable. And it's the love of Jesus today that makes us worthy. It's the love of Jesus today that washes us whiter than snow. Oh, the woman, Jesus said, her sins were many. Paul wrote out a list to the Corinthian church of sins that would keep people out of the kingdom of God. He said, unrighteousness cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And I need somebody to make me righteous. I need help. And so Paul said there are many things that God hates, but he does not hate us. He wants to change us and save us. Paul said fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, and extortioners cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And he said in such were some of you. And I'm just going to Ad lib, I'm not changing God's word, but what Paul's letting them, fixing to let them know, and it's not me that changed you. And it ain't no other guy that changed you. And that's, that's who you were, but it, it ain't because of me. I can't wash you and cleanse you. I can't save you. Only Jesus can do that. And he said, and such were some of you, but you're washed. And you're sanctified and you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. We were many terrible things. We were things that would keep us out of heaven. But one thing that you don't find on that list is unlovable. We may be unholy, but we're not unlovable. We may be unthankful, unrepented, and unlike God. 
but we are not unlovable. You might be a thief, liar, and a cheater, but you are not unlovable. And friend, let me tell you, if we can just understand and we're ready for a change, we're tired of living in that sin-sick situation, and we'll come on and, and maybe just crawl to him washing his feet with our tears. Uh, come on, if we would just break open that alabaster box of ointment and begin to pour that ointment of praise on his feet, uh, if we would just come to him knowing this is all I got, but I'm giving it to you. Uh, he can turn around in a moment and say your sins are forgiven and your faith has made you whole. You may find yourself in a terrible, awful situation, sick inside, worried and stressed. Oh, just afraid of the Lord coming back. But he can change that today. He can take that fear away and give you a confidence that I'm able to save you. No matter what anybody else thinks about you, I know what I think about you. All they saw was a sinner woman, but he saw a sacrifice. You didn't, uh, hey, you didn't give me no water for my feet, but she's washing uh, my feet with her tears. You didn't give me uh, any ointment, uh, but she has anointed my feet. And you didn't greet me with a kiss, Simon, but she has not ceased to kiss my feet since she walked in. You see a sinner woman, you think that I'm bad because I'm letting her in here, but what I see is a sacrifice. I see somebody that's tired of living as an outcast and is ready for a change in their life. So he turns to her. And immediately, she's in a brand new light. Moses got to see the hinder parts of the Lord. It wasn't time to see his glory yet. <laughs> Lord, I want to see your glory. You can't see my face and live. So I'm going to cover you up. And when I pass by, you'll see the hinder parts of me as I walk past. You'll see me from behind. That's all I can allow for right now. But in that day, when God manifested, that God that showed himself to Moses manifested himself in the flesh and walked this earth, he said, you don't have to sneak up behind me no more because we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father. And oh, when he turned around, it was the glory shining out of his face. You see the face of the Savior. You see the glory of God. Oh, aren't you glad that we don't just have to see the hinder parts anymore, but now God's showing us the glory. Where he speaks, you can see the mouth. Oh, your sins are forgiven. You can hear the voice. It's hard to hear somebody when they're walking away from you talking, ain't it? Oh, but when they're looking at you. You ever heard, been somewhere somebody's talking to you and they're looking off doing something? You're like, what? Turn around and talk to me. Because I can't, you're just mumbling. I can't hear nothing. You might be going, run, there's a bear. <laughs> what? <laughs> I warned you. All I heard was mumbling. If it's that important, turn around and tell me. If that's important, make sure I understand. And Jesus said, it's important enough where I'm not going to leave you behind me, but I'm going to turn around and make sure you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth and that you understand that I love you and that I have forgiven you. Go your way. Sin no more. Your faith has saved you. 
And if you think that ain't nothing but a story, then I just ask you to taste and see. Try the Lord and see if he won't change your life. Just go on and try him. You, you think, oh, I'm just too bad. I'll have to stay this way. Just, well, just try him. Just try him. If you ain't scared, try him. <laughs> Quit trying to act tough. A lot of tough people are going to be lost. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can handle it. No, you can't. Just try him. I heard what the preacher said. He read me a story about you. He told me how you love me anyway. Is it true? I promise you, you'll find out real quick how true it is. You go ahead and by faith hear that, that life-saving gospel. You go ahead and say, okay, that's it, God. I'll, I'll change my ways. I'll, I'll forgive me for what I've done. Get in that water and let the blood wash you. Let the Holy Ghost get inside of you and see if you won't be different. Huh. Oh. oh, I'm glad all that I was, it was what I was not that got me this wonderful deal on everlasting life. I was not unlovable. Oh, I'm sure I was beyond saving to a lot of people. Uh, you know, in high school they used to have voted most likely to succeed or I, I would have been most likely to life term in prison or dead by 30. <laughs> but, but Jesus changed all of that. Listen, you may have done unspeakable things, but you're not unlovable. You may have an awful past and maybe a not so great present, but you're not unlovable. So can't you see today? Can't you hear what God is saying? He loves you no matter what. He just leave, loves you too much to leave you that way. God does not love sin. He hates it, but he loves people. All people. His goodness, his love leads us to repentance, leads us to the water, fills us with his spirit where we're born again. His love changes us. Honey, you can come to the music and you can stand with me this morning. Uh, John, in 1 John 4 and 10, he said this, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And he said, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. See, I'm free to love because I'm freely loved. Yeah. I don't have to be intimidated by people's actions in this world to think, oh, I can't love them. God loved me. I can love them. He loves them. How can I not love somebody he loves? The Lord didn't receive us and then, becomes, then become selective. He didn't say whosoever will, but then say, oh, but not you. Whosoever will means whosoever will. 
let him come. In Mark 10 and 21, this is a story of a young ruler who said he wanted eternal life. And you would have thought, wow, if anybody's got it together, this guy does. Because when Jesus asked him, well, what about the commandments? Have you kept them? Do you know them? He said, oh, I've kept those commandments since I was a youth. I've, I've always, I'm a good church boy. I just want to know what i got to have to be, have eternal life. And, and it says in Mark 10 and 21, it said, Jesus beholding him, loved him. I don't want to just have confidence in myself, in my actions. I need to be confident of his love. Because this guy was confident in his actions. Oh, I've done that. What else do I lack? But... The Lord, it said, he beheld him, said unto him, there's one thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, get to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. And this guy, he didn't say nothing about it. He was a liar. He'd been keeping the commandments since he was young. He didn't say he was a thief or a murderer. And the Lord saw him, knew him, hey, you're... you're you're missing it in one spot. You're lacking something. But he loved him anyway. He knew that he lacked, but it didn't make the man unlovable. And if you don't think the Lord knows where you're missing it, he does. But that don't make you unlovable. And because he loved him anyway, he said, here's what you can do. He said, if you'll do this, and you'll make it. Your treasures on earth are a hindrance to you, so get rid of them. And then... Give it to the poor. Love people like I did. And like I do, take up your cross and follow me. Just start following me. Well, the Lord already knows our weaknesses and our faults and our shortcomings. And we may be many, many things that are not right. And I'll say it one last time. But you are not unlovable. And that's what makes the 